Welcome to the Oswego Mortgage Podcast. Oswego Mortgage is Pacific Northwest's VA home loan specialist. For questions or help with your VA home loan, a new home purchase, or refinancing, call 503-697-7214 or go to oswegomortgage.com. Now with the owner of Oswego Mortgage, Tom Fitkin, here's your host, Luke Anderson. All right, I'm Luke Anderson. Welcome into the Oswego Mortgage Podcast. We are talking with the owner of Oswego Mortgage, Tom Fitkin. Uh, Tom, how are you doing today? Not bad, not bad. How about yourself, Luke? You know, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Um, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not in the same boat you are. You're getting ready for vacation, so I know you've got the the joy of vacation and the frustration of getting ready for vacation uh, colliding today, right? Yeah, a little bit of that. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, well, in this episode of the Oswego Mortgage Podcast, uh, we're going to talk about something that kind of surprised us a couple weeks ago. Uh, there are some new eligibility um, changes for the VA home loan. Of course, Oswego Mortgage is the VA home loan specialist here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so, Tom, uh, tell me what's going on with the VA uh, home loan. You know, there's there's a lot of confusion, actually, um, going on. We can't really pin down. And what I mean by that is supposedly now, you know, National Guard, reservists, are having more uh, opportunity um, to get their benefit with the possibility of not having to have the full six years like they usually have to. But there's certain stipulations that they have to meet. And that's the problem that we're really having. And we're, you know, we've been working directly with VA to get some answers on this. <laughs> and the thing about it is I don't, they can't even answer it. So I, it's, it's really, it's in the infant stages, but there are changes being made. And we thought we maybe had a client that would qualify under these new guidelines, but we can't get an answer. And so there, it's like I say, it's all new territory. Yeah. So I was hoping to have more um, direct information for this podcast, but we're really struggling with the VA to get, you know, the a straight, a straight shot answer, if you will. And um, it's really you read through what they say the changes are and what the possibilities are. It's just too vague. Mm. And, you know, we submitted one thinking that it might be um, a viable candidate for these changes. And it just came back rejected, just like didn't have your six years. And so we're, we're in the learning stages of this right now ourselves, but we believe me, we're trying to figure it out. And unfortunately the veterans administration doesn't even have it figured out yet. They can't, give straight answers to us yet. Okay. But Tom, you know, one of the things that we have talked about over the, you know, the past few episodes of this podcast is when there are any of these roadblocks, we talked about it with condominium access. We talked about it with eligibility uh, matchups. There's a couple of years in the, in the VA records uh, room, depending on which year it is, it might be a fire. It might be a flood. Um, there have been frustrations that you've run into before. So this isn't unique one of the things is once you have this information, you'll have it in the Oswego Mortgage uh, Brain Trust, and you'll be able to help people out with it. Is is that kind of the direction you're going? Is making sure you can learn it now so you can help your customers? Yeah, that's exactly right. And and um, I think sometimes the VA comes out with these new guidelines or ideas or changes, but they come out with it too early because their mm. systems aren't ready for the changes, and so. When I say that, it's also antiquated and so old and the way that the VA, um, you know, internally still is pretty old school. So 
um, you know, that we just have to be patient and that's what we're trying to do. And I just wish that they would roll these things out ready to go. And unfortunately they don't. Sure. And, and just so, you know, we have kind of a, a vague idea of what it is, even though it's not, um, you know, working as well as it should, what were those changes that they're trying to make? So if anybody's listening to this, cause we did tease this in the last podcast that we did, they're tuning into this. They want to get an idea of, of what the new requirements are. What's kind of the, the overview of what they're trying to do, knowing that it's not 100% ready to go. I mean, what I've gathered from it is they're trying to give um, veterans, see, generally, if you're an active duty guy, you got two years, you're out, honorable discharge, boom, you got your benefit for life. Mm-hmm. I think what they're trying to do here is make it a little more advantageous for the National Guard and reservists. And within that, certain stipulations will enable the veteran, he or she, the reservist or National Guard to maybe possibly not have to do the full six years and still have a benefit. And that could be, you know, all the way from obviously getting called up for wartime and, and which generally is a, is part of it. But, you know, again, Luke, I wish I had more specifics because they got us so excited about these changes and what the possibilities would be, but they never were specific about it. They were just saying that there's going to be some, some chances here for veterans who, possibly didn't do their full six years, but they did this, that, or the other, and we're going to give them their benefit. Problem is we don't know what this, that, and the other is yet. Sure. And it's just really um, kind of up in the air right now. And uh, we, we, we're trying to figure it out, believe me, but we can't, we're, we need the veterans administration help. And our, our contact is in Denver. That's yep. the Western VA regional office. And I've got a good buddy that I know there that I've worked with for years, but I was going to hit him up for this podcast, but that guy goes on more vacations than anyone <laughs> I've ever known. I mean, he, uh, I mean, he's kind of an old school guy there, so I'm sure he's got his time built up to where he can do that, obviously. But um, I, I hope to get through to him when I'm on my vacation okay. so I can have a better feel when I get back. Well, it sounds it sounds like we still have a little work to do on that. Um, what's the the latest update on the housing market? When we started doing this podcast back in February, March, you know, we were talking about how crazy things were with you know if you're trying to to buy something right now. Are you seeing interest rates changing at all to a point where it's getting a little bit more friendly to buyers, or is there still such low inventory that there's really nothing out there? Yeah, you know, those rates have come up slightly, but not even. I mean, it's crazy still. I I can't uh, put into words how frustrating it is to be a buyer out there in a lot of instances right now. We have several, several clients that have been, they're getting double digits. In other words, they've put offers on 10 different homes plus, and they have not got one accepted yet. And that grinds on people. And, um, you know, there's a luck of the draw sometimes. I Sometimes we get the first or second one, but then there's that, you know, the handful or well, more than that, there's, it's just, it, it, is, it is really, really competitive out there still, Luke. And I, I, um, I don't know when that's going to change. I think it'll be this year, Yeah. but um, you know, the market's still crazy. And, and we have these conversations about, gosh, I was, I was with, uh, oh, I, I do some advertising on Fox uh, News on TV. And I was with the guy last night, actually just, communicating with him. And he was telling me how 
the West Coast, the East Coast people are moving to the West Coast. They mm-hmm. just they're 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 jump whether it's Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, or Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, or North. I mean, we've got a lot of people that are that this is what he's hearing that are moving out. And the interesting thing is it's more of a suburbia. They, you know, I'm not saying that downtown Portland's gonna be the place where these people are moving. I think you're gonna see the this, you know, like I say, suburbia really take over. And, you know, I think downtown's going to take a while to come back to where that's going to be a frenzy again. But, yeah. you know, the old Pearl District frenzy is no longer a frenzy down there. And it's more of the opposite. People want to move out and get to the suburbs, which brings up a whole nother topic about, say, Lake Oswego. There's no lots. There's no land here in Lake Oswego. So what's that going to do to prices? Supply and demand It's going to drive them up. But also, you're going to probably see a lot of bulldozing going on the old homes and then rebuilding new ones. And we've seen a lot of that already, but I think we're going to see a lot more of that Luke. Is is that a cycle that you see over the years? I mean, you've been doing this for 25 years. Uh, the kind of urge for people to move into a more urban setting versus suburban setting. Does that kind of go in a cycle? Um, Cause I've, I've certainly heard rumors about that, but I'm not as close to it as you are. That's funny you say that. I mean, yeah. I mean, don't you remember when gosh, in, in, I don't know, 2010 ish around there. The, I mean, it was the Pearl district, man. It was yep. moving downtown. It was moving, you know, uh, East side, uh, just, you know, all these different hot trendy areas. Well, now it's changed. You've got 1200 plus restaurants and those trying, you know, down there that have closed. Yep. So, you know, it's not as a attractive, not that restaurants are everything, but it's kind of an indicator, you know, of, of, what's going on down there. The supply and demand isn't there. And of course, COVID's killed these restaurants, but now, um, you know, there's, those restaurants aren't there anymore to go downtown to and, and enjoy a night out, you know, it's, and obviously on top of that loop with, I think people um, don't feel completely safe down there for obvious reasons. That's and fair. I don't know the last time you went downtown, a little bit disheartening. And, you know, I've seen some places that are doing fine. I, I did go downtown for my daughter's 30th birthday and she chose a place down there that she's always liked. And we had a great time, but it's, it's getting back in the car and then driving back through to downtown to get back to the freeway. And you're going, Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. this is unbelievable. But you know, I I think that you're going to see COVID's changed things. COVID's changed things from a standpoint where I think you're going to see more uh, work from home, more not have to be at the office, more, no downtown corporate offices. You know, I think you're going to see more stuff like that. And uh, it's just, I think the trend will, and not not every job can have that, but a lot of jobs can. And it's going to be interesting to see how we perform um, from a workforce standpoint. Are we going to be as productive? Well, I'm optimistic that there's, I mean, certain industries, absolutely. Because I got to tell you, half my staff is working from home and they're killing it. They're doing a great job. And, you know, I, 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 I just think it's kind of a, We've had a lot of change in the last 18 months. There's no question you know, just about in life. that. Yeah. Well, and I think with COVID too, I think a lot of it has sped up changes that may have naturally been coming our direction anyways. I mean, the pricing in the Pearl District was putting a lot, you know, in, in 2019 or 20 early 2020 that, you know, in 2010, they might have been able to move into that, you know, at the prices when the Pearl District started getting hot. And then you have people that, you know, look at it, uh, you know, maybe – maybe beyond the reasonable pricing stage. And this may happen with the suburbs as well. You talk about Lake Oswego, if the prices just keep going up and in the downtown area, they keep going down. It may be that kind of cycle. Uh, Does that sound realistic? 
Yeah, I think it is because I think as things, you know, hopefully make the turn for the better downtown, you'll see that starting to come back. You know, I, I think you're right, Luke. I think, I don't know if that's a one-year cycle. I think it may take a little time. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I say that and, you know, now I'm, now I'm reading articles and seeing stuff on the news, you know, people complaining about whatever the problem is, you know, is our urban growth boundaries and this and that. Well, to me, that's the beauty of this state. Um, we have urban growth boundaries, you know, we're going to start disrespecting the fact that we have those or, you know, making the changes just to expand out there. What are we going to be another Los Angeles or Phoenix mm-hmm. or, you know, I think that's the beauty of the Pacific Northwest. And I hope that I, I'm going to be an advocate about um, not seeing all those urban growth boundaries stretched out. I think, I think that uh, developers aren't going to want to hear that obviously, because I always say to my, I always say to my close knit friends or, employees you know we're just a bunch of little ants on this planet and we're just disintegrating it so fast and uh you just keep looking you just keep expanding and growing and so i i you know i i um i get a little bit worried about the fact of you know the pacific northwest is a very desirable place to to live we have a lot of water here compared to other states we have the ocean we have mountains we have greenery um What's that mean? Well, it probably means more population. And, yep. uh, you know, that part I'm not real excited about. And here I am in the business, you know, but I'm also a realist and I also love the state I live in. And I think we're going to see, I don't know, I just think, I still think we're going to see a lot of people moving to this state. Yeah, well, and I don't think it's unique just to Oregon either. There's there's a population uh, explosion in Idaho. Uh, Montana's very popular. Even parts of Wyoming, yeah. you've heard yeah. it too. So it's not unique exclusively. I mean, you talk about everybody moving from you know the east to the west. There's a lot of wide open space out here, and not all of it's in Oregon, right? So true. And Idaho is. You're right. I think Idaho per capita is the fastest growing city in the in the country. Yep. Yep. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens, but uh, at least for home buyers in this area, I know one of the frustrations is that right now it's so attractive to sell your home, but it's so unattractive to try to go into the market to buy a home. You know, it feels like the value that you have, the equity that you have in your home that you bought four years ago, has grown so much so fast. Um, how frustrating it is for people that are that really want to take advantage of the opportunity to sell now, but there's nothing to buy. Well, that's the problem is, you know, two things you sell, you got to go find something else. Well, does that mean you rent for a while? And while you're finding, because it's hard, you know, it's hard. The sellers are out there. They're not real keen on wanting to take a contingent offer upon the sale of your home, unless the real estate agents can do a really good job and saying, Hey, look at this property, look where it's at. The condition's amazing. I'm going to put this on the market and it's going to be gone tomorrow. You know? So, I mean, you've got a situation where if you can get your foot in the door and get, uh, a contingent offer accepted, contingent upon the sale of your home, then it can happen. But that's, it's just easier said than done right now. You know, it's just, it is because you sell, you could be uh, stuck, if you will. Yeah. And uh, I don't think people are looking to do that because that's just a big stress. And, and, you know, all of a sudden you're living in a hotel or renting a house and they want a one-year lease. And, you know, it, it, there's a lot to do with that. And it, it is, it's a frustration. It's frustrating on both sides. Now, if you're selling and moving out of the state somewhere else, piece of cake. Yeah, unless you know? it's Idaho, then there's no room out there for you either. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, t- Tom, so one of the things that we've talked about on uh, on this podcast that seems to be a through line which, with it is 
I think a lot of what you're saying right now goes into pre-planning. It's, it's, you have to be ready to jump in with both feet, but if you don't know how deep the pool is and you can't see through the water, it's a little murky. You need to find a team like your your folks at Oswego Mortgage. Find that good realtor. Have a plan going in. Otherwise, you're going to get halfway through the selling process and realize you have nowhere to live. Completely. And that's why I'm saying if you're going to, I mean, people are doing it, like I just said, they're getting an offer put in, accepted, uh, contingent upon their sale. Mm-hmm. Maybe they put a strong enough offer in that that seller's cool with the fact that, yeah, they're going to sell that house pretty quick. I'm good with this. And they got the, and the seller got the number they wanted. Yeah. Is there a big boom real estate agents, uh, new real estate agents coming into the market because it's so uh, crazy right now? Or is it the the people that have been there for a long time just working double duty? Good question. I, you know, you think I would follow that type of stuff a little more, but I, 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 I would think, you know, obviously the, the seasoned agents right now are, are having a lot of success and for all good reasons, because they've been doing the right thing for years. And, and that means that it's now benefiting them because of what they've done in the past, you know, whether it's good, strong markets or tough markets, you're barely making it through your ups and downs. Those people are benefiting. So it's really about finding somebody that has experience. If you're interested uh, as a listener about, you know, learning more about the VA home loan or a conventional loan or or just pre-planning what you're going to do, uh, the team at Oswego Mortgage has uh, plenty of experience. And Tom, you've been riding this wave the entire time, staying close to it. And you and I have talked about it. Um, so just as a quick reminder, I know we talked about this in the first podcast, but people that maybe don't want to go back and listen to the whole thing. What's the best way to start getting prepared? Get pre-qualified or get uh, get all your paperwork in line? That goes hand in hand. Uh, what we'll do is we'll take it verbally over the phone. We'll get you pre-approved same day, um, always within 24 hours. But then obviously we're looking for that paperwork to solidify the file. And it's the people that drag their feet sometimes. And, you know, they tell us, uh, here's the numbers. And then, you know, we don't get the paperwork doesn't happen a lot, but we're pretty adamant about wanting that paperwork so we can confirm the income on what we're being told over the phone verbally. So I guess what I'm saying is, number one, yeah, get pre-approved because you're not even going to get your foot in the door with an <laughs> offer if you're not. But by doing that, do your lender, mortgage broker, whoever you're working with, do, do them right by getting organized. Get that paperwork intact. Get it, you know, don't piecemeal it. Get everything put together send a nice package and then boom, we can upload that in our system. And we basically got a loan ready to submit to underwriting based off you getting an acceptor offer on a home. And all you got to do is send us updated pay stubs, updated bank statements, and keep it going as updates as we go. But the paperwork's important. And I get lately, it's been interesting to me. I, I have a, you know, I've I've got people that are self-employed and they have, you know, corporations like, God, what what do you need my tax returns for? (laughs) I'm like, well, don't you think that if you were lending $500,000 that uh, you would want to know that uh, you're good to go and that everything's legitimate or are we just going to take your word on this? You know, I, I tell people it doesn't work like that. You know, ever since 2010, Dodd-Frank, all this, man, we need this. This paperwork is scrutinizing. Um, the problem is, Luke, is some people are organized. Some aren't. Man. Yeah. I always cracks me up. It's like W-2s. I, I don't I think I threw those. I think I shredded them. I don't know where they are. And it just busts me up. It's like, dude, how do you get through on a day-to-day basis, man? But you know, it's it's everyone's different. Everyone yep. is different. Everyone has a way of 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 uh, organizing themselves in life, whether it's paperwork or just daily chore, whatever. But that part is so important. And if I could say it, you know, I guess I'm reiterating myself, but get organized. Get that paperwork yep. in line 
for two reasons. Make it easy on yourself and then help your lender out so it's smooth and you're not frustrated going through the transaction. Well, perfect. It sounds like there's still a little bit more work to do on these new eligibility requirements around the federal or the um, Army Reservists and the National Guard. Uh, so hopefully we'll have an update on that uh, very soon. And then um, is there any other topics uh, that you want to hit today or should we save it for the next podcast, Tom? Um, you know, as I let me just kind of think about that. Um yeah, I mean, you know, I always tell people, I had one last week where, you know, there's a conventional, but it's not even a veteran VA, it's a conventional loan and um, 20% down payment and great, great, awesome. Well, you know, I, again, this person didn't give me the paperwork right up front and I got their bank statements and there's a $100,000 deposit on it just last month. And he's like, well, where'd that come from? Oh, uh, you know, that was a, I sold this or I got a gift from my parents or uh, you know, whatever the money came from, you have to paper trail that mm. you have to have your money in line. You have to have it seasoned for a minimum of 60 days. So a little tip, if you do get a gift like that or some monies, season it for two months in your bank statement. So when you do give it to your lender, they there's no $100,000 deposit. It's already in there. It's been seasoned for two months and there's no questions asked. Point being is source of funds. Mm. Make sure your source of funds are super verifiable whether you took it out of a 401k, you got a gift from your parents. Problem is, I, I love the one was like, wow, I just took it out of my safe. I got cash, you know? <laughs> well, that doesn't work. So again, if you do that, put the cash in the bank, season it for two months, so there's no deposit, large deposits on it, and then you're ready to go. Don't go to your lender and then you know start the process and then go pull the money out of your safe and stick it in during the transaction because the deal won't work. Uh, that yeah, world, it's, it's, that world scares me. That that world of cash. I worked in a hotel, Tom, and I had somebody looking for a pillow that was stuffed. They said ten thousand dollars worth of cash, and uh, it wasn't in the room that they left it in. So, I don't know how people do that. It drives me crazy. But uh, it sounds like you, you know, would, get would, get organized. What's that? You'd be amazed, man. You'd be amazed how many people do the mattress money stuff. It it, it amazes me too. Now, well, now, your mattress honestly, at home is one thing, but a mattress in a hotel. Yeah, it's true. I do. I, I think people are scared too, though, of the banking a little bit. I think they want to keep money at home. Yep. No, I understand. You know? I, I can understand that. But carrying it with you and hiding it in your hotel room in a pillowcase is... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That makes but, no sense. But again, like you said, people do uh, what they're going to do. Uh, for all the people that paused uh, this podcast to go and cut the money out of your mattress so you can get it in line, uh, we appreciate it. <laughs> Any other tips, Tom? <laughs> no, I, I listen. I was just... Uh, thinking of some things I could go on and on, but I know we're getting close on this one. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll have, uh, you and I will do some brainstorming for our topics Perfect. on the next podcast. And I will do everything I can. Believe me, we're trying to get the information as fast as we can on the, on these quote, quote, um, new eligibility enhancements, if you will, for national guard and reservists. And I just wish we could get a nice clear cut, um, we call it, you know, they, they have these circulars, they call them, the VA puts out circulars and they usually itemize all the changes and, and, and it's fairly um, understandable when you read it. But right now it's just, we don't have a clear picture of what these are, but we will get them and we'll let you know. And if you're interested in what those changes to the eligibility are and how they might affect you, if you have uh, served in the Army Reserve or in the National Guard, I would say the best thing to do, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, is get in touch with you now. That way you can get back to them with the updates as they come in. 
Yeah. And, you know, that being said, you're going to want to get your military records put together, too. There's yep. For National Guard, it's called NGB 22, Nancy George Bob 22. That's kind of like a discharge for them. They also need a points summary statement that shows their points. And they're also going to need, uh, or if there's any special things during their um, time in the reserves and National Guard, even though it hasn't been quite six years, that could possibly trigger this exception that where they're going to get a, their eligibility before the six years, anything like that. And those, those things I'm talking about, these triggers, that's what we want to know what they are. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what we're working on. So yeah, I mean, just stay tuned and, and be patient because believe me, VA works at their own pace. <laughs> well, that sounds good. All right, Tom, I appreciate it. And I look forward to the uh, next opportunity. Have a, uh, a safe trip and you and I uh, will talk again real soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Luke. Thank you for listening to the Oswego Mortgage Podcast. For more info or questions about today's topic, your VA home loan, a new home purchase, or refinancing, call 503-697-7214 or go to oswegomortgage.com.